Welcome to Big Time Basketball, the basketball segment of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Mete and Nate. What's up, boys? What's up? Heyo. All right. In today's episode, we're going to recap some NBA games from Monday. Uh, the Tuesday slate's currently underway as we're recording, so we'll just take a look at some of the scores there. We'll recap those if any of them are finished. And then we'll just uh, take a look at our fantasy basketball pickups for the week for fantasy. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll just move right into previewing Wednesday's game slate. And then at the end, um, I guess, sharing our final thoughts on what's happened so far leading up to the trade deadline. So that's pretty exciting as well. So, yeah, let's just hop right into it. We'll start with Monday's games and we'll start with the first one. We have the Toronto Raptors beating the Charlotte Hornets 116 to 101. Looking at some of the stats here, uh, Gary Trent Jr. led the Raptors with 24 points. Miles Bridges had 25 uh, to lead the Hornets. Um, Pascal Siakam, 11 rebounds to lead the Raptors. And P.J. Washington had 9 to lead the Hornets. Siakam also added 8 assists to lead the Raptors, while LaMelo Ball had 9 for the Hornets. Uh, Mete, I'll just start with you. I guess give me your thoughts on this game and I guess both of these two teams. Yeah, uh, great effort by the Raptors. They... Got a huge lead going into halftime, and then third quarter they kind of slipped up. But then at the end of the fourth, they really uh, ran away with it again. Near like the five minute mark, Van Vliet made a huge three that kind of daggered the game. And yeah, the Raptors are playing amazing right now. They're on like a six game win streak, I believe. So prior to like this week or last week, they were running a really tight rotation of like eight men. So it's great to have guys like Ken Birch and Precious Achua back as, yeah, they might not have had the greatest night like statistically, but the fact that they can give the starters a rest is uh, huge. So the Raptors are looking amazing. As for the Hornets, I've been saying this all year. They're pretty much been stagnant. Uh this whole season, it feels like, other than the hot start they had. And, yeah, it's going to be interesting what direction they go towards as the trade deadline's coming up on Thursday. And I could see them being buyers. I can see them being sellers. Or it might even just hold and not make any moves. So I'll be interested in that. And sadly for the Hornets, they lost Gordon Hayward this game. So... Yeah, that was uh, really tragic, and hopefully he's fine. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just looking at the Raptors, we talked about them at the beginning of the year. They were like 12th or 13th in the East, and they've made a crazy jump since since that time. Sixth in the East now. Um, I mean, just looking at some of their spreads, they're very undervalued by a lot of American broadcasting networks and so on, like, uh, yeah, this Raptors team is just playing uh, well above their heads. Hopefully they can keep it up. I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts on this game? Um, I think it was a really good job by the Raptors overall. Um, basically, it just it came down to like what team can outscore the other and what team can kind of slow down the other's um, offense. And I think the Raptors kind of did a better job of that. Um, I guess if you look at some most of the players, a lot of them, they didn't really have the best field goal percentages overall. They didn't have really good three-point percentages overall. Um, Gordon Hayward 
had a really good three-point percentage, but unfortunately he wasn't able to play six minutes and he was injured. So they lost him. So I think that was um, a really big disadvantage that the Hornets had. They probably, the game might've been closer. I think if um, Hayward wasn't, wasn't injured, but I guess kind of happened sometimes. And I think Mason Plumley didn't get enough um, touches with the ball, in my opinion. Um, I think this game, pretty much every time he got the ball, he was able to um, put it into the basket, and they weren't really giving him enough. So I guess if the main scorers, um, their percentages are a little bit low, maybe they can give it to um, Mason Plumley. He can get a couple of um, easy baskets for you, and then when people try to stop Mason Plumley, it'll open up the offense for everyone else. And I guess for the Raptors, um, they're just playing really impressive overall. Pretty much almost everyone on that team can score at a really high pace. Um, I mean, as you can see, there's like four people with over 20 points. And Scotty Barnes is a rookie and he got 15. So that's pretty impressive. And I'm impressed with um, Pascal. Um, he had a 62.5 field goal percentage and he shot 50 from three, which is really impressive because for the past couple of years, um, it looked like his shooting um, wasn't so good. I think that was kind of like the biggest improvement he had to kind of make even more so than trying to get new moves or trying to expand, ex expand his um, bag of tricks. I think his shooting was kind of like the biggest question. So with him being able to improve the shooting, that's going to um, make him more difficult for other teams to stop. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, like you said, the whole Raptors starting lineup, they had double-digit points. Uh, when you're getting that kind of production from your starters, your bench doesn't even have to do much at that point to pretty much secure the W. So, yeah, great on the Raptors overall, and hopefully the Hornets can start to, you know, turn things around as they have been slipping as of late. But I guess getting to a team that's really been surging, just like the Raptors, that's the Miami Heat. They beat the Washington Wizards 121 to 100. Great game for Miami. Bam Adebayo led them with 21 points. Uh, Corey Kispert led the Wizards with 20. Uh, Bam also led the Heat with seven rebounds, while Corey Kispert also led the Wizards with six. Uh, gave Vincent eight assists to lead Miami. And Spencer Dinwiddie had six to lead the Wizards. Um, Nate, let me bounce to you on Miami. I guess, what are your thoughts on his performance? Um, it was a pretty good performance overall. Um, I guess they were able to kind of take advantage of um, Bradley Beal being injured. So um, you kind of have to take advantage of those kind of things. They have um, more star power, if that makes sense. They have, um, I guess, more high-end scoring than the Wizards do. So you just want to kind of take advantage of that make sure that the Wizards don't really catch up on. Yeah, I definitely agree. This Miami team, they've been so hot um, ever since uh, Bam and Jimmy Butler came back. Like, they've just been playing out of their minds first in the East right now. I guess, Matty, I'll bounce to you. I guess, what are your thoughts on Washington? Yeah, the Wizards are like the Hornets in the sense that they were off to a really hot start as well. But instead of being stagnant, they're just – they've been on a downwards trend for the last couple of months, it feels like. And they just received even worse news today that Bradley Beal, he's likely done for the season. He's going to have a surgery. I believe it was on his hand or something. I'm not sure about it, but yeah, I'm pretty 
I'm pretty much certain on the report I saw. So, yeah, that's terrible news for them that he's he's their best player. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, his name's his name has come up in the sense that uh, like the team apparently they're not very happy with him, so they want to trade him. And yeah, I feel like with the way they're playing, I feel like the Wizards could be sellers uh, at the trade deadline on Thursday. I feel like they can get good value for guys like KCP, Spencer Dinwiddie, Montrez Harrell, and even Davis uh, Davis Bertans. He hasn't played uh, that much this season, but we know his resume. He's a great three point shooter, and when he's hot, he can really he can make pretty much any three. So, yeah, I feel like the Wizards. If I was in their shoes, I might be thinking of becoming sellers at the deadline yeah definitely i mean this team they were like a borderline playoff team last year they're around the same this year um it, it just might come to a point where they're gonna have to sell so um yeah definitely uh teams are gonna be looking to buy into some of these pieces that they have um but getting to our next game here uh the phoenix suns being the chicago bulls 127 to 124 a close game here um, getting to the points, uh, Devin Booker and DeMar DeRozan led their respective teams with 38 points, huge games there. Um, Jay Crowder had 10 rebounds to lead the Suns and Nikola Vucevic had 12 to lead the Bulls. Uh, in terms of assists, Chris Paul had 11 to lead the Suns and Zach Levine had eight to lead Chicago. Uh, Mete, I'll start with you. I guess big win for the Suns. Yeah, the Suns continue their dominance. They just recently hit 10 losses. so. Yeah, it took them a long time to finally hit double-digit losses. That's very impressive. Number one seed in the West and the NBA. And, yeah, it was pretty much business as usual. They kind of, or they almost let this game slip away in the fourth, getting outscored 41 to 25, but they got it done. So great job by them. And shout-out to Bismack Biombo. He's finally back in the league. And, yeah, real Raptors fans won't forget his contributions for sure. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully he does get more minutes, though. I guess he's probably got to <laughs> earn them. But, yeah, he's back in the league. Um, Nate, I'll bounce to you. I guess give me your thoughts on the Chicago team. I think they did pretty well. Um, the Suns team is a really hard team to compete with. They've been pretty much beating every team they come across. Um, unfortunately, the, Bull the Bulls weren't able to get a win at home, but they had a really good fourth quarter drive. Um, I think by the, um, basically by the uh, start of the fourth quarter, they were down by quite a bit and they were able to limit the Suns um, in the fourth quarter while going off for 41 points um, by the Bulls. So I think that's really impressive. Uh, DeMar had a really good game, um, 38 points. Vucevic uh, had a pretty solid game with a double-double. Zach Levine had 32 points, so that's really impressive. And they're without, I think, Lonzo and Caruso. Caruso's um, a good um, perimeter defender, and Lonzo's a good playmaker and a good perimeter defender himself. So it's pretty impressive that they were able to kind of limit the Suns a bit in the fourth quarter. And they were basically just the three away from winning, so it's not really a bad loss. Yeah, I definitely agree. Not a bad loss. You also lose to the first place team in the West. So that's kind of one where you can just say we played well, we kept it close and I guess on to the next game. And I guess speaking of the West, the number two team in the West, 
they got a big win here. They beat the OKC Thunder uh, 110 to 98, and that was the Golden State Warriors. Um, really solid. Uh, Clay Thompson led them in points with 21. Lou Dort had 26 to lead the Thunder. Um, and then in terms of rebounds, Steph Curry had nine uh, to lead Golden State. Uh, Josh Giddy had 11 to lead OKC. And then for assists, Steph Curry had 10 to lead the Warriors, and Giddy had seven to lead OKC. Um, Nate, I'll just bounce to you. I guess what are your thoughts on this win for Golden State? Um, I guess uh, it's pretty impressive overall. Um, I guess they're a lot stronger than OKC, at least on paper, so it's not like um, it should have been too much of a struggle, but it's nice to see that um, they were able to, I guess, um, just get, get the win. So, yeah, pretty good job by the Warriors. Yeah, honestly, this is just a win. You go in there and you just get it. Might be an easy one, but you got to take those easy ones when they come. I guess, uh, Matty, I'll get to you. Give me your thoughts on OKC. Yeah, the Thunder have been hit with injuries uh, lately, and the most notable one being Shy Gilgis Alexander. And yeah, you think about what they did last year with Al Horford, how they shut him down for like half a season. They've got so many draft picks that I'm thinking that could be a possibility again this season with Alexander. And I'm, I feel like they shut him down last season, like near the end as well. So I feel like that's a possibility. So, yeah, lately, without their best player, they've been really struggling, and they're down to the 14th seed. So we'll see what happens with the Thunder going forward. Yeah, honestly, I don't think I'm too worried about the Thunder. They're still growing as a team. This, is, this just gives them more of a chance to play some of their younger talent. So at the end of the day, um, you know, Shai, he can take his time. He can get uh, healed up, and then he can come back and play. Um, I don't think they're in any rush to make a run at the playoffs at this point. So, um, yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, this OKC team, they're probably going to stay where they're at. And, yeah, hopefully they, they do play some mean, meaningful games in the future. But as of right now, yeah, it's, it's all about the young guys. Uh, we'll get to the next game here. Uh, the Utah Jazz being the New York Knicks, 113-104. to 104. Uh, Taking a look at the leaders here for points, Donovan Mitchell led the Jazz with 32. Julius Randle led the Knicks with 30. Then for rebounds, Mitchell Robinson, 21 for the Knicks. Uh, Udoka Azubuke, I can't even, I'm just butchering this name. Uh, He had 14 for the Jazz. Um, Mike Conley led the Jazz with seven assists. And then RJ Barrett had six to lead the Knicks. Um, I guess, Mete, I'll get to you on Utah. I guess uh, another routine win for them. Yeah, another routine win for sure. And this was actually a close game as well. But fourth quarter, the Jazz go 31-18. And that's enough to get the job done. And uh, just I was just speaking about injuries. The Jazz are without Rudy Gobert. Definitely one of the best paint defenders in the game right now. And... Yeah, he's really key to this team. So for them to beat the Knicks, I know they've got a tough uh, record, but they're still a really talented team. So I'm still impressed by this. Yeah, I'm definitely impressed. Uh, this Utah team, um, I don't know. It seems like year after year, they've just been very impressive. They just had a strong team overall. Hopefully this year is the year they can sort of get over the hump. But I guess getting to you, Nate, I guess, what are your thoughts on the Knicks? I guess for the Knicks, um, 
yeah, they, they kept it close with the Jazz up until the fourth quarter, but unfortunately, the Jazz decided to kind of put the clamps on the Knicks, which is kind of um, unfortunate. I guess just looking at the score sheet, I noticed the um, some of the guard play wasn't necessarily the best. I think Alex, Alex Burks was only able to get um, 20% for his field goals. So I guess that and kind of um, the bench not really being able to step up as much kind of, I guess, put maybe a little bit too much strain on the starters. And they are without um, Derrick Rose as well. So that doesn't really help either. Yeah, this Knicks team struggled quite a bit this year. Um, whether it's been injuries, whether it's been other things, we'll have to see. Hopefully they can still play good enough down the stretch to get into a play-in spot. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to see. This was a tough loss against a really strong Utah team. And yeah, that's it for the Monday slate. So we'll get to Tuesday. And as we're recording, um, all of the games are either currently going on or just getting underway. Uh, the Sixers are up on the Suns at the end of the third quarter. Uh, we have the Hawks up on the Pacers at halftime. Uh, we have the Celtics up on the Nets at halftime. Um, at the end of the first quarter, the Grizzlies are up on the Clippers. Uh, in the middle of the second quarter, we have the Pelicans up on the Houston Rockets. Uh, in the first quarter, Detroit and Dallas are tied. And games just getting underway are the New York Knicks at the Denver Nuggets, the Milwaukee Bucks at the LA Lakers, the Orlando Magic at the Portland Trailblazers and the Minnesota Timberwolves against the Sacramento Kings. So we won't be covering these games. Uh, we'll move right into the fantasy basketball pickups for the week. Uh, Nate, I'm going to start with you. I guess, who's your guard pickup for the week? I guess for the week, you can maybe take a look at um, Malik uh, Beasley from Minnesota Timberwolves. As of right now, he's 40% um, rostered, which is um, a really big jump. He's had a string of um, pretty good games. I think his last game, he got 20 points, nine rebounds, one assist, and one steal. So he's been getting a lot of minutes and opportunities to um, get some really good stat lines. And I guess as long as D'Angelo Russell um, isn't um, going to have consistent minutes due to, I guess, him um, being hurt right now, then um, Malik Beasley is going to be a good pickup, especially in shallow leagues. All right, and I'll move to you now, Mate. Who's your guard for the week? For guard, I went with Trey Mann of the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's shooting guard eligible, and it's only 10% rostered. Recently, he's been added to the starting five unit for OKC. As, like I said, uh, unfortunately, Shy Gilgis Alexander went down with injury. So, and yeah, like I said before, I feel like he could get shut down, but we don't know that yet. But it's something to think about. And yeah, he's been really impressive this last week. He's averaging 80% from the free throw line, 3.3 threes a game, 16.3 points, 1.3 steals on 1.8 turnovers. So yeah, he's playing great. Even if Shy Gilgis Alexander comes back, I feel like he's impressed the OKC coaching staff enough to earn playing time. For sure. And I guess for my guard pickup for the week, I have Cam Thomas of the Brooklyn Nets. I talked about him a few weeks ago that if you own Kyrie Irving, you need to handcuff this guy on your bench. But also if you own James Harden, you should probably do the same thing. It looks like Harden's been out with an injury and Cam Thomas, he's benefited uh, in his last two games coming into Tuesday. 
He had 20 points and he had 30 points respectively. Really solid outings for him. Four assists per game in those two games. Um, we know Kyrie can't play home games and we know James Harden is out until he's back. Uh, make sure you have Cam Th Thomas on your roster and in your starting lineup when he plays. So he'll definitely be really solid, uh, whether he's starting or whether he comes off the bench as he is going to get minutes. Um, we'll move to forwards now. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you. Who's your forward pickup for the week? I guess for the week in deeper leagues, you can take a look at Garrison Matthews. Um, he's both 16% rostered right now. Um, for the most part, he's a shooter. So He's going to be getting threes for you. He'll be able to get uh, points as well. Occasionally, he'll get steals and assists, but his main value is in um, his shooting, basically. I think um, Eric Gordon, um, I think he's um, injured with something, so he wasn't playing tonight. So as long as um, Eric Gordon is going to be hurt for a bit, that's going to get... Garrison Matthews um, more minutes, so he'll be able to get, I guess, better stats too. All right, and uh, Mete, I'll move to you. I guess who do you have at forward this week? Yeah, I've got Darius Baisley, also from the Oklahoma City Thunder, small forward and power forward eligible, and he's only 35% rostered. And yeah, it, it seems like Oklahoma City is a gold mine right now for fantasy, at least. Uh, their number one option is out. And after Lou Dor, I wouldn't say there's a really consistent scoring threat there. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of shots going around. Baisley also uh, has been starting lately. So that's great for him. And he's seeing a lot of minutes. He's like 30 plus in the last three games or so. He's averaging 1.5 threes a game, 13.8 points per game, 9.5 rebounds. 1.5 steals, one block on 1.8 turnovers. So, yeah, it looks like Oklahoma City, their coach, he also, I noticed he changes the lineups up a lot. So, yeah, be prepared to pick up someone else from there as I think there's great opportunity for fantasy. All right. And I guess for forward, I have Isaiah Jackson. Uh, from the Indiana Pacers, he plays power forward in fantasy. He's around 30% rostered. He is injured at the moment, but uh, with the Pacers shipping out a lot of forwards, including Sabonis, and receiving a lot of guards in return, um, there's definitely going to be an opportunity for him to get into the starting lineup when he gets healthy. And I mean, his play has backed it up uh, in the three games before he got injured. He had double-digit points, including a 26 uh, 10 game, uh, which is really solid, 10 rebounds there. And he had a steal and two blocks in that game. The game before he had a steal and three blocks. So um, yeah, covering the entire stat sheet for you in fantasy. Um, he is injured, so stash him on your IR. Um, I believe the injury is minor. Um, he's still being ruled out game to game, which means that he is close to a return. So definitely go pick up Isaiah Jackson as there is a chance he can get into the starting lineup and continue that production with Sabonis now out of Indiana. So um, I guess, uh, Nate, I'll move to you. Who do you have at center for pickups? I guess originally I had um, Dwight Powell. I think he has a pretty decent upside, especially for really deep leagues. Um, he has been getting an uptake in minutes. He can occasionally get some points for you. He can get a little bit of rebounds. He can get some steals and some blocks as well. But I think JaVale McGee is starting to get some minutes as well. And 
think current I think currently in the game he's playing now he has a double double. So in deep leagues he is another center that can get a lot of points and get a lot of rebounds. And um, I think Jabil McGee has some good percentages as well because he plays close to the basket. So those are two centers you can pick up. All right, and I'll bounce to you, Mete. Who do you have at center for this week? For center, I went with Alperen Sengun of the Houston Rockets, 36% rostered, and it's only center eligible, sadly, but it looks like Steven Silas is finally unleashing Sengun as he's seen 25-plus minutes in his last three games, and he's starting tonight, which I was super excited for, but I noticed that the Pelicans who they're playing are starting Jackson Hayes and Jonas Valanciunas, two big bodies. So might be matchup related, but anyways, he's seeing a lot of minutes lately. So that's great. He's averaging 44% field goal, almost 89% uh, free throw percentage uh, on 0.7 three-pointers a game, 10.7 points per game, 5.3 rebounds. 0.7 steals and two blocks over the last week. So, yeah, he's playing great lately. He's seeing consistent minutes finally. So I think he's going to take off. All right. And I guess for my center pickup for the week, uh, I have Trey Lyles once again. Um, I know it's been tough for him lately as uh, both Olenek and Jeremy Grant have returned to the lineup. But this guy still continues to produce even off the bench. Um, in his last game, 16.7 rebounds, one assist. I think he's had a streak of like seven straight games where he's had at least one three-pointer as well. It's really tough to get threes from the center position. Definitely take a look at him. And I mean, his field goal, uh, it's been up and down, but it's not going to hurt you. Neither will his free throw. And I mean, if he's doing this kind of production in like, what, 16 minutes, he's getting like 16 points. Imagine uh, more minutes he could get if they deal uh, Jeremy Grant at the deadline. So um, definitely a guy uh, you should be stashing in case he gets unleashed after uh, some trades happen. So um, yeah, go add Trey Lyles uh, even as a bench stash. So yeah, that's going to be the end of the fantasy basketball pickups for the week. So we're going to move right into the preview for the Wednesday game slate. Uh, not all the lines are up yet as there are still games going on on Tuesday night. So we'll just take a look at some of these games and I guess just project our winners here. We'll start with the first game. Uh, it's the San Antonio Spurs at the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs are favored by six points. Matt, I'll get to you first. I guess, which side do you like here? Uh, that's a good question as I'm a big fan of the Cavs, but six points, it's not that small of a line and I feel like the Spurs are much better than their record states. So I think I might lean with the Spurs as, yeah, I feel like this, the line is, it's not that big, but like, I feel the Spurs are the better call here. All right. And uh, Nate, I'll just bounce to you. I guess uh, Cavs are favored by six, which side do you like? It's a little bit hard to tell because um, the Cavs don't have everyone available right now. And I think um, the availability of their new acquisition is going to uh, kind of change things a little bit. I think that if um, the new guy is able to play, then I think they might be able to cover that. But um, if, if that's not the case, then you should probably go to Spurs. Yeah, I think 
the Cavs have been one of the best teams against the spread over the season. Kind of cooled off lately. I think they're 0-5 against the spread in their last five. Plus, you talked about all the trade, uh, the players being traded, going back and forth. They might not be in the lineup. I think, uh, I, I know I like the Spurs and I tend to fade them because, um, you know, uh, whenever I, I, I bet on them, they, they never cover for me. But I think I definitely have to go with the Spurs here. I think you have to. They have been playing better. And yeah, this Cavs team, they're sort of in a turnaround right now with all the trades. So um, yeah, I think I'll, I'll lean with the Spurs here. Uh, we'll move to the next matchup. Uh, we got the Chicago Bulls at the Charlotte Hornets. Bulls are favored by one point. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you first. I guess which side do you like? Um, I, I guess you can maybe go with the Bulls. Um, I think them being able to kind of keep up with the Suns and it basically became a three-point game. I think they're going to want to try to bounce back from that and hopefully they'll be able to, um, I guess, cover one point. All right, and uh, Matty, moving to you, uh, do you like the Bulls minus one or the Hornets at plus one? Yeah, it's another tough one as the Bulls have kind of been struggling lately, but so have the Hornets. But the Hornets are on like a five-game losing streak or something like that, so I might have to side with the Bulls here. Yeah, I think just looking at a general outlook before certain players are ruled out, I think you have to go with the Bulls, especially if Gordon Hayward has a a significant injury uh, we don't know what's going on there but um yeah definitely got a role with uh, chicago i guess um even on the road um getting to the next game toronto raptors at the okc thunder raptors are favored by nine and a half uh, matty i'll start with you i guess which side do you like that's a really big number and the thunder actually beat the raptors earlier this season and they were on the road so <laughs> i don't know maybe it's possible but they're without Gilgis Alexander. It's going to be really tough. But it's just such a big spread. I think I'll just go with the Raptors because they're they're just on fire right now. Sorry about that, Nate. Getting to you, I guess. Uh, which side do you like? Um. I guess with OKC being without um, Shai Gilders out with Alexander and the Raptors um, being on fire lately, I think even with the big spread, you could probably go with the Raptors on this. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you got to just keep riding with the Raptors while they're hot. Uh, even on the road, uh, they played pretty well, whether it's at home or on the road. And this OKC team is not the same team that beat the Raptors earlier in the year. Also, the Raptors are a lot healthier as well. Definitely got to take them here. Um, Minnesota Timberwolves at the Sacramento Kings, no spread here. Um, I, I don't know whether the, the players play that, uh, the Kings acquired, but I guess Nate getting to, I guess, which side would you like here, I guess, to win? A little bit tough to say. Um, I think the spread should be, um, closer depending on the availability of, I guess, both the Kings. I guess mostly the Kings players, but I think if they don't have full availability, then should probably go for Yeah, I think I'm probably taking whatever the spread is for the Timberwolves, as long as it's not in the double digits. I guess, Mete, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I definitely like the Wolves win. And as for spread, maybe like 
after five, I start considering the Kings. But that's if they have Sabonis and uh, Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday, I think. So, yeah. All right. And uh, moving to the next game, a uh, big matchup here. Golden State Warriors at the Utah Jazz. The Jazz are favored by three and a half at home. Uh, Mette, I'll get to you first. I guess, which side do you like here? It's a tough call. Uh, if... Rudy Gobert is not playing. I think I might have to go with the Warriors as they're not favored here. So, yeah, on uh, toss-up games, I like to go with the plus, like I always say. And that's the Warriors here, so I'm going with the Warriors. All right, Nate, I guess getting to you, I guess, which side do you like? Yeah, I think um, Gobert is still um, out at the moment. And I guess my my feeling is as long as Steph Curry's in, then the Warriors pretty much always have a chance to cover, so the Warriors. Yeah, I think you probably have to jump on this line as soon as possible uh, if you like the Warriors, because if Gobert is actually going to be out of the game, it's probably going to flip. So, yeah, I think I like Golden State as well. I, I think they definitely could be favored. It's probably just the home court advantage, if anything. But, yeah, I definitely think Golden State can win this game, so I'll take them to cover as well. Um, and then one more game on the Wednesday slate. It's the LA Lakers at the Portland Trailblazers. No spread up yet. Most likely the Lakers will be favored in this game as Portland's traded out a lot of players. Nate, I'll get to you first, I guess. Uh, which side do you like here? It's going to depend on how big the spread's going to be because um, Portland is a little depleted right now, especially after all the trades that they just did. So um, if the spread is... Um, Kind of high it's going to depend on how high it is i think if it's more than like 13 or something you might want to go with the blazers but anything below that you should probably go with the lakers honestly i wouldn't even say 13 i just say double digits because we know the lakers can't play defense so if, it, if it's anything more than double digits i think i'd pick the trailblazers i guess mete what, what's your opinion on that yeah uh i definitely agree i feel like if it hits double digits, even though the Blazers, they've traded a lot of players, might have to go with them at that point as the Lakers are not uh, really reliable. But if for any reason the Lakers are plus because they're on the road, definitely take them. But I don't think that will happen. So let's say like around eight or nine, you can start considering the Blazers. All right, and yeah, that's the end of the preview for the Wednesday slate. Um, I guess for our final thoughts, we'll take a look at some of these trades. So four major trades happened. Um, I'll, I'll just sort of read off um, each trade here. So we have the Sacramento Kings and Indiana Pacers trading with each other. I'm just going over the, the trade. So going to Indiana is Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. Um, and then going to Sacramento, would be Demantis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and a 2023 second round pick. Um, I guess Matt, I'll start with you. I guess what are your thoughts on this trade? Yeah, this one uh, kind of came out of nowhere as a lot of people didn't see this coming. The Kings trade Tyrese Halliburton, who's a great defender, great playmaker. So, yeah, and he's really young. He like would fit on any team and it looked or I thought the Kings would want to hang on to him but 
Yeah, I feel like they're getting uh, frustrated with the fact that they haven't made the playoffs since 2005-2006. So, yeah, I feel like they're just uh, trying to win now. They're only, what, one game out of the play-in tournament? So, yeah, if they can make the play-in tournament, uh, they could snap that streak. So that's probably what they're thinking here. Yeah, for sure. I guess getting to you, Nada, do you have any thoughts on this trade? I guess they're, um, what their goal is, is they, they kind of needed a good power forward. And um, I guess Margaret, Marvin Bagley, they started to, I guess, lose a little bit of faith in, in him. So they're trying to bring over some bonus. But uh, Tyrese Halliburton's a good player. I think Marvin Bagley's still pretty talented. Um, and the West is really stacked right now, so trying to win now is not necessarily a good idea. Yeah, I definitely think the Pacers won this trade. I think that Halliburton has a lot of potential. I feel like the Kings sort of gave up on him too early, in my opinion. I feel like they should have kept him along and sort of paired him with Fox. If they wanted to deal Buddy Heal, that's fine. But um, I guess at the end of the day, um, they needed to shake something up, and that's what would have got the trade done. So that's why they did it. Um, I know shaking things up doesn't always mean you win the trade, but but sometimes it'll just improve your team in general, even if you don't win the trade. So yeah, I definitely like the trade for the Pacers there. Uh, moving on to the next trade, um, the Pelicans acquired uh, CJ McCollum from the Trailblazers. Um, it looks like they also get Larry Nance Jr. and Tony Snell as well. And then they give up Josh Hart Thomas Sadaransky, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Didi Luzada. Uh, to, uh, those players go to the Trailblazers. Um, I guess, Nate, I'll start with you. I guess, what are your thoughts? Um, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I feel like um, the Pelicans kind of got the better end of the deal, but yeah, I feel like this is just kind of a weird trade overall. I'm not sure why the Blazers would trade CJ McCollum. Yeah, it's almost imminent that um, Damian Lillard's going to be shipped out at this point as well as um, traded pretty much this man's best friend. So uh, it's going to be hard for him to, you know, want to stay in Portland, especially if they are, I guess, looking at a rebuild. All right, Mette, I'll just get to you now. I guess, what are your thoughts on the McCollum trade? Yeah, at first I was kind of confused like Nathan as well, but kind of makes sense now that now that you think about it as I think it was this offseason where there was reports Zion is unhappy with the Pelicans, so they're probably trying their best to get help. And yeah, they're showing that they're trying their best. They're 10th place currently in a play-in spot, so it's not like they have no shot at the playoffs. So, yeah, it makes sense. CJ McCollum is one of the best players in the league. So that's a great uh, acquisition for the Pelicans. And for the Trailblazers, it does look pretty bad, but I like Josh Hart. He's really solid. I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker has great potential. And they got a couple picks out of it. So, yeah, with trades like this where there's picks involved, you can never tell until like after a couple of years where you see what they end up doing with those picks. So, yeah, on the Blazers side, it does look bad, but they're trying something new. So we'll see how it goes. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, probably full on rebuild for this Blazers team. And then I guess as for the Pelicans, they've had a rough year, but they still have good young talent. You know, Zion Williamson's still there, even though he hasn't played yet this season. Uh, they definitely want to build around him or else there is a chance he leaves town. So you definitely got to bring some talent in. And I definitely think McCollum's very talented. I think good trade overall um, for both teams, but more so I definitely like it for the Pelicans. Um, we'll get to the next trade here that happened this week. Karis LeVert going to the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, from the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers get back Ricky Rubio, um, first round pick in 2022, and two second round draft picks. Uh, Mete, I'll start with you. I guess, what are your thoughts on this trade? Yeah, I really like this move for Cleveland. They're looking great this season, and they just picked up a borderline all-star, in my opinion. Uh, probably did he didn't get any recognition this season as he missed a lot of time. But yeah, I think over the next couple of years he's definitely got a chance to make it. And they didn't have to give up that much. They gave up Ricky Rubio and I think a first round pick that was protected. But like I said, you never know until what those uh picks turn into. And yeah, maybe they. They do something great with that pick, the the Pacers. But for now, I really like the move for the Cavaliers as they just made their chances or they just increased their chances by so much by doing this move in winning this season. Yeah, I definitely agree. Of course, Colin Sexton being out for the year, they definitely want to add a shooting guard. Um, and we definitely know that adding a guy like Karis LeVert uh, pretty solid. I don't know, Nate, what are your thoughts on this deal? I kind of like the deal from both sides, actually. Um, I mean, for Cleveland, it's kind of obvious. Levert's a really good player. Um, I think the Cavs have been missing Darius Garland, and they need a little bit um, scoring from the perimeter, so Levert's pretty much the perfect option for that. And for the Pacers, I guess they're um, pretty much parting ways with both Sabonis and Robert. So I'm wondering if they're trying to, uh, it's a little bit more than a retool, but a little bit less than a full rebuild. So I guess a partial rebuild of sorts. So I guess Ricky Rubio would be a good um, op- option for that. He's a good um, playmaker. He can score a little bit as well. They're getting um, some good draft picks. So um, hopefully it works out for the Pacers. Yeah, definitely. They've been huge sellers this year at the deadline. So yeah, all this draft capital hopefully does pay off. And then as for the Cavs, yeah, great acquisition. Hopefully you can help them at least win one round in the playoffs, if not more than that. Um, And then one more trade I want to look at. Another big selling team this year was the Portland Trailblazers. They trade Norman Powell and Robert Covington in a trade. Uh, to the Clippers for Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a second-round draft pick from 2025. Um, I guess, Nate, I'll start with you. Give me your thoughts on this deal. To be honest, I don't really like this trade. Um, I think that Norman Powell was a really good scorer, so they traded away C.J. McCollum and Norman Powell were both um, 20 point per game scorers. And uh, I think the players that they received in, in the turn um, they're all right, but I feel like it's kind of a step down if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I definitely like this deal for the Clippers. I feel like 
they acquired the two best players in the deal, in my opinion, because I don't know, Eric Bledsoe has not lived up to his reputation uh, in LA. I guess, uh, Mete, give me your thoughts on this deal. Yeah, for the Clippers, this uh, deal makes so much sense. Like, their uh, future is really bleak. They had to give up a lot to get Paul George, and they've got to make moves like this as, yeah, their time is running out, and this was great for them. Powell and Covington will really help them win. And for the Blazers, I didn't really like it at first. I still don't, but I finally figured out why they did it, or at least why I think they did it. Uh, Powell and Covington, they've got pretty big contracts, so they got those two off their books at least. They free up a lot of space, but yeah, the return wasn't that great. Keon Johnson, at least he's a young player. Hopefully he'll turn out uh, to something for the Blazers. Winslow is all right too. Like you guys said for Bledsoe, he's He's been all right, but he's not what he was before. And yeah, the second round pick looks bad, but Norman Powell himself was a second round pick. Chris Middleton was a second round pick. And there's so many more examples. I just can't think of many right now. So it is a second round pick, but you never know what it can turn into. So yeah, we'll see uh, what happens for the Blazers. Yeah, definitely. Blazers, like you said, trying to clear cap. Uh, they're trying to, you know, sell uh, off their big contracts, um, trying to rebuild, obviously. Obviously, when you're trading out a lot of big money, it's tough to bring in a lot of assets as you're sort of dumping cap at that point. So um, they got what they could, obviously. And I think the Clippers definitely benefit from this. Of course, no Paul George for them, no Kawhi Leonard also. So it's been really tough. At least Norman Powell can sort of add to that offense. And yeah, I think we pretty much covered the the big trade so far. Um, I guess on next week's episode, we'll definitely look at what happened leading up to the deadline as the deadline's on Thursday. And we'll just sort of talk about everything that, that didn't happen so far. Definitely a great way to wrap up this episode. So yeah, that's going to be the end of this big time basketball episode. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. You know, I'm posting picks for NBA nhl and our last picks for nfl will be up this week for the super bowl definitely go check them out um and then also check out this episode on youtube spotify apple podcasts and google podcasts make sure you like subscribe share hit the bell for notifications on youtube leave comments reviews all that good stuff and yeah guys busy time in the nba lots of games lots of trades lots to talk about great episode and we'll talk to you guys on the next episode Thank you.